looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Pass the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Pass the Post. It's Sunday, the 3rd of December. Big show coming up. We've got to concentrate primarily on this uh, big meeting at Doomman yesterday. Of course, the third day of Queensland's uh, Summer Carnival, Summer Racing Carnival. A lot of feature racing yesterday, a lot to talk about. And we'll do that very shortly. Also, good meetings at Caulfield. So the Spring Carnival is now officially over. That was the last day yesterday. And a good day of racing at Rose Hill. I want to catch up with Adrian Bott later in the program if we can. He and Gay trained that first one as Storm Boys. We'll see what's happening with that horse and the other two-year-old Shangri-La Express. But, of course, don't forget to pass the post each and every Sunday. Brought to you by the compliments of Archer Park Racing. Their website is archerparkracing.com.au. Important time coming up, not only on the racing front, but, of course, the sales are, what, six weeks away? And Archer Park uh, Racing will be very active at the Magic Million sales. You might like to know more? You can go to the website and find out, archerparkracing.com.au. However, Group 1 Racing was held in Perth yesterday at Ascot as their summer carnival continues. Yesterday was for the sprinters, the winner bottom mistakes, and the Sydney visitor overpass was the favourite at $3. Let's see how he fared. Seven to XL headed for home. Overpass. He's run right out to the middle of the track, but he's stormed to the lead. Overpass bounds away. Hodgett into the clear. Oscar's Fortune runs on. It's overpass. Oscar's Fortune trying valiantly, but he comes away overpass and he wins it again. Overpass. More Baker's Delight in Perth. Wins from Oscar's Fortune and Ripcord charging home the other three-year-old. Right behind those red can man by Bellamy and Hodgett. Followed further back by Lake. Rod, then Snow Dome, Triple Missile, Resort Man, Flying Missile Man, Crush, in behind them, Sava to Excel, and amongst the last of them home when they'd pulled up back, there is Fanta in company as well with Go Forward and Clemenceau. I mentioned Overpass was the $3 favourite. He put his stamp on the race right from the get-go, straight outside of Sava to Excel, and they really controlled the speed up front. And then, uh, as you, if you'd watched the race, Josh Parr ducks out to the centre of the track, but he was in command all the way down the, the Ascot straight overpass. Ben Dorries, of course, uh, who joins me, well, nearly every Sunday, was covering the winter bottom at Ascot in Perth. He joins us first up live from Perth. Ben, good morning. Yeah, good morning, David. I'm just at the uh, the airport here preparing to uh, fly home, which is probably a good thing for my liver, I'd suggest. I was about to say your voice is low and <laughs> suggesting a no. big night was held, had. We're, we're just battling away, mate, doing our best. But look, in um, in the Fair Income Department, it was a dramatic winter bottom for, for several reasons. One, um, a pretty dramatic aftermath. William Pike, mm. uh, the star jockey over here in Perth, obviously, was suspended for 22 days. Now, that is a hefty suspension after being found guilty of, of careless riding on the runner-up Oscar's Fortune. There was a chain of interference. But look, Damien Oliver on... Um, his horse, Triple Missile, was lucky to stay in the saddle. His horse blundered hopelessly, and how it didn't fall is completely beyond me. Uh, it was a bit hard to pick up sort of watching it live, but you go back and have a look at the replay, and wow, we, I mean, how Damien Oliver stayed on his feet or stayed on his horse is just incredible. And think of what may have happened. I mean, had he fallen, I mean, we don't like to see any jockey fall, of course, but this was Damien Oliver's penultimate group one ride, 
Uh, he's riding next week in the Northerly Stakes and then in the you know the race now named after him, the Damien Oliver Gold Rush. But think of the story, think of the scenes if Damien Oliver mm. uh, in his last few weeks had have had a nasty fall. So thankfully he didn't, uh, but Willie Pike copped a hefty suspension. You made a, a, a good comment in your piece on race debt. Uh, yeah, how did it start $3? I mean, it's easy to say that after the race, but of course he'd won the Quokka earlier in the year and, and we, we know him to be one of Australia's top sprinters. He, he's not in the... A-plus category, and he probably squeezes into the A category, but he's a very good sprinter. But the one feature of the race that a lot of people were talking about, and you can take us through this, they came around the turn, he'd been well in control outside of the leader, all of a sudden Josh Parr goes to the centre of the track. Yeah, well, um, Josh, after the race, he was very, very confident on overpass, as he should have been. But his confidence started to sort of ebb a little bit as the day went on because at Ascot yesterday, they were coming from the clouds and winning. You basically, you almost had to be in the back half of the field to win. They were launching late. They were launching way down the outside, which is where Josh Parr was not going to be. Uh, well, people thought he wasn't going to be there on overpass. Obviously, he was either going to lead or sit outside the leader. So... Look, he had a lap full of horse turning from turning for home and just decided, uh, I don't want to be on the inside because, look, the inside was a bit off. There was It was quite lush. Um, you, you know, there was no dampness or anything like that. It was just, just seemed to be longer, lusher grass on the inside. So, yeah, look, he, he veered out towards the middle of the track and his horse came with him. Uh, but, look... The winning margin, I think, was a length of three quarters, but that, that underplays it, really. I mean, I think he could have won by further had he wanted to. The betting was fascinating, David, as you mentioned. Started $3, but this horse overpass opened $2.50 uh, earlier in the week. At one point on Friday, I actually had lunch with Bjorn Baker on Friday in Perth, and, and we, we had a look at our phones mid-afternoon, and we said, this horse is out to $3.20. I said, does this, does this horse still have four legs? He said, I can't work it out. I think he's an absolute moral. And then we saw the horse, so three twenty you could get on Friday. The race morning yesterday, it was heavily backed into $2.40, so shorter than what it opened at. And people were thinking, that's probably about its right price. And then drifted late out to $3 again. So it was really weird sort of, sort of betting. I suppose you're either with overpass or you're against him. One thing I would say, David... It was the weakest winner bottom I can remember. No disrespect to Overpass. Mighty horse winning his first group one. Uh, but um, outside of, you know, a couple of sort of local three-year-olds, uh, particularly Ripcord, who ran home from the back and around third, Oscar's Fortune that Willie Pike rode, uh, I think it was not a vintage winner bottom. And that's why I sort of made reference to that in my story. And I wasn't being a smart-ass. I didn't back. In fact, I didn't have a bet in the race. I didn't back the winner. But just in retrospect, I think people look back on, at that winner bottom and think, with the quality of that field, which was a bit suspect, and you were getting $3 overpass, uh, it felt like stealing money to a lot of people who were on track there yesterday. Yeah. Well, he's a Group 1 winner, and of course, uh, it's been made quite clear he'll be back to defend his title in the Quokka next year in April. But the one uh, question I'm, I'm not as positive about or certain about, but the answer is, will he stay for that gold rush in a fortnight's time? I think it's 50-50. Um, straight after the race, Scott Darby, I spoke to uh, from Darby Racing, the syndicator. He said, yeah, yeah, he'll definitely be here. Uh, Bjorn, who I must say had, had quite a few beers <laughs> on the raceless run, afterwards he said, oh, look, maybe. So, look, I think it's probably a wait and see. I mean, I suppose the question mark is the 1,400 metres, isn't it, mm. with that race? So, I mean, would he run a strong 1,400 metres against, uh, you know, and we'll have to see how the field shapes up as well. But, look... 
I mean, to be honest, I mean, if I owned him or trained him, I mean, he's over here, isn't he? He's just won a group one. I mean, what else is he going to do? Just fly back and sit in the paddock somewhere? You know, like he's had a relatively light spring. So, look, I mean, I tend to think they may keep him over here, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if they didn't either. Yeah, of course, the Quokka's in uh, April. Hopefully, or fingers crossed, we may see what he did last year when, when Bjorn then uh, went to the 10,000. Of course, he ran into a giga kick on that occasion. But the race, the Quokka, the 10,000, they're a month apart, so... We might see him as part of our carnival. Good to talk to you. Uh, safe journey back. Make sure you do get back because I need to talk to you on press room tomorrow morning. Uh, well, just one more thing. Yeah. Amelia's Jewel, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned the Quokka. Uh, Amelia's Jewel looks like going to the uh, Quokka, but then there is a very, very strong chance, I think, that we could see Amelia's Jewel in the Brisbane Winter Carnival next year. Wouldn't that be fabulous? Be a real headline horse. Talk more about it tomorrow. Good on you, mate. See you, David. There is Ben Dorries joining us live from Perth, covering the winter bottom at Ascot yesterday at Overpass. Now is a Group 1 winner, courtesy of that win. Well, that was Ascot. As I mentioned at the top of the show, plenty to discuss with other meetings around Australia. Ben being in Perth can't be in two places once, so joining me in the studio this morning is Jared Wessel. Jared, good morning. How are you? Very good, thank you, David. Good to come off the bench and good morning to everyone. Yeah, very appreciative to have you uh, coming off the bench. Uh, quickly on Overpass, I think that's a fair comment that... He is regarded as one of Australia's top sprinters, but not right at the top level. Yeah, certainly so. Uh, Gelded at the start of the year, he went first up into the Quokka. Very, very dominant, obviously. Gave Giga Kick half a scare up here in the 10,000. But I think you're right. He, he has a very good race pattern, races up on the speed, obviously. And, and I think he's just that half half a notch below those uh, absolute A graders. But to uh, to the Baker team and the Derby Racing team's credit, they've been able to place him very well, obviously, in this race over there. And look, the Quokka next year, it, it looks ideal for him once again. Just one more question, and it came up in discussion there with Ben. 1,400 metres. I think it's okay. Just going back through his form here, uh, he ran a good race in the Golden Eagle around midfield. He finished midfield in all-age stakes uh, last year uh, on a heavy track, so he's racing better than ever. Uh, look, I think he's uh, certainly going to roll across if he goes there, take up the lead, and he's going to be in it for a very long way, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think the bottom line is, too, there's not going to be any, new, I wouldn't think, any new blood coming into that race, or, you know, I think what he beat yesterday, I'd be happy enough to back him again to beat them again even if it was 1,400 metres. Bjorn Baker will make the decision and we'll follow that story over the next fortnight or so. Of course, next Saturday, the carnival rolls on at Ascot with the Northerly Stakes. OK, let's turn our attention to Dooman. Under the BRC banner for the next five Saturdays, the Summer Carnival. And one of the features of this meeting is always the big country races, the Country Cup Challenge and the Country Stampede for the Sprinters. That's where we're starting in our review of Dooman. The stampede over the 11, 10 metres. Scott Power from Central Queensland was broadcasting the country action yesterday. Here's his call of the third. The favourite was I'm feel, I Am Fearless at $4. As they settle down past the 500, it's I Am Fearless, a length and a half in front of uh, Gossip Talk, who's second there, followed by Dollop into third. Uh, to the outside was Jack Be Lucky and Arwenichi is sneaking, runs up along the inside, unrestricted from a long way back, and then Hallside Hammer. And to the outside was Cochrane. They come down past the 250. It's I Am Fearless, a half length in front, trying hard as Gossip Talk, Arwenichi, Dollops on the outside, and here's Mar Baby making ground towards the inside. It's I Am Fearless out. Mar Baby's finishing strongly. Got to the lead close to home, and Mar Baby won the Stampede. I am Phyllis second, third is Arwenichi, then Gossip Talk and Dollop, unrestricted and Kalashnikov. Well back in the field was Jack B. Lucky, and then came uh, on the outside Mr. Larrabee. Well back in the field was Hallside Hammer, and then came Miss Hoff, Fenar, well back in the field, and then came Elusive Eagle, Entrepreneurial, Cochrane was well back also. 
Well, she had only three horses behind her midway during the race, but Kyle Wilson-Taylor was obviously happy with the good speed set by I Am Fearless, and he just kept pinching inside runs, and in the end, Ma Baby was too strong. Trading partnership, mum and son, Corey and Kylie Gearan, and Corey joins us now. Corey, good morning. Congratulations. Great effort to win that race yesterday. Yeah, thanks, David. And, uh, you know, boys, it's good to be on again. And um, big thrill yesterday winning the Stampede. Obviously, a race we put a lot of time, uh, a lot of planning, a lot of effort into getting into these races. So, yeah, it was, um, it was really good. That's a common thing I hear from, from, from trainers, whether you win or lose. It's the planning and the organisation that goes in to getting to this race. You got to this race, and all of a sudden the fields come out, which were out last week, and you were, uh, what, second emergency? Yeah, well, Jack Bilaki was obviously the one we had the um, the plan sort of more so set for. And, um, I threw my baby in a chinchilla in one of the qualifiers, and she managed to run third there. It was a really good run, and um, I threw a nomination in just in case she was lucky enough to get in. And these races rarely do you get a scratching, let alone two scratchings. So get a couple of scratchings, and she drew not a bad gate, and um, the stars sort of just aligned for her. But... Uh, She's always been very effective second up and she's been a horse that sort of had a lot of non-tab runs early in her career. So uh, she had all the boxes ticked to be eligible for the race and she was just lucky enough to be able to get in it, which um, turned out to be a bit of an omen. Exactly right. It's very appropriate, Corey, that I've got Jared Wessel in the studio with me this morning because he is one of your owners and... He's had a great run with Vanasta. Jared, you got a question for Corey? Yeah, Corey, uh, congratulations. Um, just uh, going through her form, I remember calling her winning a Class 3, I think, back at Nanango at their tab meeting uh, only about six months ago in late May. It's fair to say she's come a long way in a short time, this girl. She has. Um, you know, she's, she's come a long way from when I first got her, especially. I remember uh, Murray Webster picked up a few... Um, unbroken Marazaras from Wattlebrae Stud and she was one of them and uh, seeing where she is now from when she was when we first got her uh, she, she's always been an honest little mare and she's got a terrific attitude in her races and, and in her training nothing really worries her, nothing phases her and, and she's really improved um, she's, she's it's like a really good incentive for these horses because she's probably not obviously up to city Saturday grade um, in, in a standard race but in, in races like this um, horses like her can come out and, and win 90000 like she did yesterday. And it's just a, a terrific incentive for the owners and, and for country racing in general. Corey, it's one of the best things I think Racing Queensland has initiated. And we're now going over, what, five or six years. And the good part is the concept was, I think, right from the get-go. They really haven't had to tweak much about it at all. No, I think it's really good. Like th these races, the Cup race and um, and the Battle of the Bush that uh, happens in winter, like um, they're really good. And um, I guess we're a little bit mixed in our stable. We've we've got a, a, a few Metro horses as well. But you see a lot of the people that come from um, sort of way out west and things like that. They they really target for these races and um, the demographics sort of in our stable as well. Like we've got a lot of owners that are willing to to put in the work and and racing the non-tabs to get the horses eligible for these races. And like I said, you get a chance um, to win a, a big prize money race with horses that otherwise probably wouldn't be able to. Just going through or back to the race yesterday, Corey, um, obviously, my babies, you went off uh, an $11 chance. What were your confidence levels right of, uh, of like, I should say? Obviously, you had Cole Wilson-Taylor uh, in the saddle. He won the uh, the country sprint feature earlier in the year uh, aboard uh, Art by Concord. The speed looked very strong up front. 
at what point did you think, hey, we're a chance here? Well, you know, to be honest, I didn't actually see her until probably the last furlong. I was watching Jack Bilucky up front and they were going pretty hard as they were always going to, especially in a, in a race like this and plenty of the speed drew wide. They were going to put the pace on and she's just always had she's always had that racing style. She's always been a back marker and it doesn't necessarily suit her a lot of the times around a lot of the country tracks because it can be can be hard to run on from back there. But I knew at Doombin they're going to put the pace on. Um, she was probably unlucky at Chinchilla. A thousand metres is not her go. And 1,100 metres at Doombin, like I said, they were going to go mad in front. And she was always going to be rocketing home late. And um, Kyle was really confident before the race as well. And he obviously done a bit of his homework and he was pretty confident. So, um, yeah, I knew she'd be thereabouts. Just in, just in closing, uh, I, I didn't call this race, so it's amazing when you're not calling a race, you get to look at a lot of things. And I, I spotted a guy standing almost in front of the winning post, and I'm pretty sure that must have been the owner, Murray Webster, am I right? No, actually, Murray wasn't there yesterday. Okay. It was, um, who, who was the uh, young bloke in the presentation then? Um, I'm not sure which one yet. Well, he was very excited when Mar Baby won anyway. The one, the one in the corner that was dancing. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not sure who that was. I watched the replay last night. And, um, I've seen him there. But, you know, he, <laughs> he was happy anyway. He'll be one of those blokes who goes to the pub and say, oh, I had the horse yesterday. Look at me here on the TV. They'll, everyone <laughs> will believe him. Hey, yeah. uh, look, the, the, the team's going well and um, uh, you know, a lot of hard work put in. So when you get results like this, it... It makes everything seem worthwhile. Thanks for being with us this morning, mate. No worries. Thank you. Corey Gearin, of course, trains with his mum, Kylie, and, of course, their dad, Gary, rides as well. Now, you talk about these races. You had a bit of a thrill a year ago because you share in the ownership of Vanasta, and I think she ran second last year? She certainly did. She's been a, a great horse for the Garen team and uh, a great acquisition. She's just raced so consistently. And as Corey touched on then, we've been able to place her quite well through those non-tabs. I think she's won about three or four uh, country cups for us so mm. she's taken us on uh, on a heck of a ride that's for sure I think that might have been the last chapter written yesterday we'll wait and see uh, for sure and certain but uh, no a big congratulations to the Garen team and, and also to Cole Wilson Taylor he's making a, a bit of a thing of it winning these country sprint features and uh, another terrific ride yesterday aboard the Winamar baby well that was the stampede for the sprinters let's turn our attention now to the the big one the country cups challenge this was two races later run over the mile and I tell you what, putters get, get it right in these races. They came for Fire King in no uncertain manner, and he went to the post, the $4 favourite. They straighten up in the Country Cup final for 2023. Office Jim Brand of the league got the centaur. He's up by Concord into the clear with Fire King. They come down inside the 200. It's Office Jim out by two lengths. Fire King the outside's running on strongly. Office Jim in front. Fire King the outside going home a bit the better. Fire King won the Country Cup final. Beat Office Jim third up by Concord. Vivenzo close up behind him was low on Sunday. Then came such a win in the driller. Stampede Warrior. Centaur was back along the inside from Menindi who was well back with Echo Point then Vanas. Burden well back with vigorous flow. Ancient Echoes last of all. Well, not only did the punters get it right with Fire King winning, there were three chances in the market. Fire King, Office Jim out by Concord, one, two, three over the line. Olivia Cairns, now she's also got uh, a great strike rate in these big races. Uh, Mason's Chance and a Moody Bay. There are a couple that come to mind. Adam Sewell was the jockey of Fire King, and he's joining us now on Past the Post. Adam, good morning. Morning, how are you? I'm very well, and I'm sure you're, you're well as well. A great thrill to come to the city, be on the favourite, 
and nothing went wrong for you on the run. You had a perfect running transit and the horse did, did the did the rest. Fire King. Yeah, exactly. Um obviously the horse goes pretty good. He's his record sort of speaks for itself. Um he's been going really well this prep and then when the barrier draw came out it sort of made made it much easier for, for me as in my job. And uh yeah, everything went to plan yesterday. I ended up on the back of probably uh, the best horses in the race and they sort of took me into the race where I needed to be and, and my horse sort of did the rest from there. Uh, Adam, congratulations. Jared here. As, yeah, certainly, uh, as you touched on, he, he's going extremely well this prep. That's his third win in his last four starts. Um, overall record, 47 uh, starts, now 11 wins and 23 minor placings. Uh, just, yeah, going back to the race yesterday, it must have almost felt like uh, it was unfolding perfectly. You had, as you said, Art by Concord in front of you. Office Jim sprinted quickly at the top of the straight. Was there a moment where you thought, we're not a certainty here to run him down? Um... Oh, yes and no. Uh, my horse, uh, he can show a good turn of foot if you ride him a little bit conservative. And so yesterday was, uh, our plan was we had to hold a spot uh, drawing the one just so you didn't get stuck behind some horses that you didn't want to be stuck behind. And then um, the horse, he he sprinted really well last start with 60 kilos, 60 and a half kilos at Toowoomba. And so I know that if you do ride him that way, he can he can let down quite well. Um, and then yeah, yesterday, so he he come right back in the weights and he messed those horses before. So I knew with not doing any work in the run that he he would sort of give me a turn of foot. But I just wasn't sure with Office Jim because I know he's sort of a rock hard fit and he he keeps battling away. So. Um, yeah, it probably had me query a little bit, but yeah, we, my horse put put uh, Office Jim to the sword pretty quickly once I sort of got him out and, and let him chase the horse. You you mentioned that win in Toowoomba last time out, and that must have given you a a fair degree of confidence going into yesterday because that's provincial form, not country form, and not only did he win in Toowoomba, he won very easily that night. Yeah, exactly. Um, the horse probably... He hasn't raced over a mile that much. And so I thought, like, coming back from Toowoomba, obviously, it's a bit of a harder track. The speed was really genuine there, big weight. And then coming back to Dubin yesterday, which obviously the tracks are so so different, but the, the mile's real testing at Toowoomba. And then coming back, I thought, oh, he's sort of stamped himself that he can definitely run a strong mile. Um, and that was probably a big asset. But, um, yeah, I, I think the horse is probably going as well as what he, he has. He He's he's always been a, a tough campaigner. Um, and he's, he's really sort of showing that at the moment. Just before you go, um, this is a $64 question for me because I had a look at your recent riding, uh, where you've been riding. You, you're here, there and everywhere. Where are you actually based? I live at the Sunshine Coast. Fair enough. Do you do a bit of travelling? Yeah, I sort of yeah <laughs> go where I can in a way, but um yeah, it just depends on where where rides are and who. Uh, I'm sort of lucky in a way. I ride probably for certain trainers, sort of wherever I go. So that mm. probably helps me to work out where I'm going or or who I'm going to ride for. But yeah, it, it just depends, and obviously things are going quite well at the moment, so it's 
it's good when sort of a trainer like Olivia puts me on and sort of repays me for where I've been going for her and stuff like that. Well, congratulations on yesterday. It was a, it was a perfect ride, and you kept the punters happy. He was the best back runner, and I think it's probably fair to say the best horse won on the day. Thanks, thanks for being with us this morning. Too easy. Thank you for having me on. Absolute pleasure. There he is, Adam Sewell, the winning jockey of Fire King. And as I said, Jared Olivia Keynes, uh, she's got a happy knack of getting the right horse for the right race. Yeah, targeted and uh, pulled that off perfectly. $5 into $4. So the punters bet with confidence. And as you touched on, I don't think they could have drawn it up much better. Drew Barrier won. He was able to give him uh, that little bit more conservative ride, produced him at the top of the straight. And then, as Adam touched on, he sprinted so well at Toowoomba. He sprinted exceptionally well again yesterday. So interesting where he goes now as well. I think he's up to uh, in the 80s ratings-wise. So there's every chance we might see him back in town at some point uh, to some level over the summer carnival. Yeah, exactly right. Well, plenty of other feature racing yesterday, and let's go now to the mode. This is for the three-year-old fillies, the Channel 7 mode stakes, a listed race. And uh, there were a lot of well-back runners yesterday, but probably none more so than abounding. She was off the map, black figures into red. In the end, uh, she ran, I can tell you officially, at $1.90. Here's the replay of race seven. Abounding is poised and ready to go. Then Miss Cooter, she's a rogue, run off the track. Followed then by Mick Spice, west of Dolby. A long way back, keyboard, it's the good Grey Zoo, certainly can. And Ruba High is last of all. Tiger Shark by the 300 metres. Can she burn the candle at both ends? She's going pretty good. Meadows Dora can't get her as yet. Abounding on the outside is making fair ground. And west of Dolby is slicing through. Tiger Shark in front. West of Dolby, the danger. Abounding now comes after west of Dolby. But west of Dolby's got a and won the mode. Beat home abounding. Third mix spice. Tiger Shark got le- weary late. They're followed then by Grey Zeus passing a few. Then Middows Doro. Certainly can. Rubaheim is Kuda party for two. Keyboard Insta good. She's a rogue. Mashani Royale. And Teobina, last of all in 110-1-1. The money went to New South Wales, west of Dalby, trained by Ben Smith, ridden by Brock Ryan. Overcame an only, well, an average start, but... Uh, with good tempo here, Ryan was able to find the right spots in the straight. The gaps came and the filly responded really well. Ben Smith's joining us now. Ben, good morning. Morning, guys. How are we going? Going very well. I'm sure you are too. The one first thing that I noticed when doing a bit of research on West of Dolby, she's had a pretty busy schedule so far this spring, hasn't she? Yeah, she has. Um, you know, I've always, we've always thought a bit of her. Um, hence why we, we, we thought we'd take her down to Melbourne for a trip and uh, when I started for ML Stable, she was just a little bit behind the eight ball. So, as you know, when you travel horses, they just come right on. And uh, we thought we'd have a little throw at the stumps down at Flemington and just try and play a bit of catch up with her. But, uh, uh, you know, it's worked out uh, well bringing her up here. Congratulations, Ben. Uh, yeah, going through a form, as you say, you haven't been afraid to uh, to tip her in the deep end, so to speak. Uh, I'm sure it must be exceptionally satisfying to secure a black top victory with her yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she's won when I first started 12 months ago. That she always sort of had shown above average ability. It's just been trying to get it out of her. Um, you know, I think just when we took her to Flemington, she just choked down in a couple of those races. Um, they were just sort of moderately run. And uh, when we got her back home to Kembler and we got a win on the board, they were still sort of small fields and, and slow tempo races. And uh, just sort of being itching to find the right race to bring her up here where, where you, get, you get that genuine tempo. 
And, and that's a good point you make, Ben. And I'm interested in your comments here because I've heard this from other visiting trainers that uh, when they come to Brisbane to race, they appreciate that most of the races are run at a genuine speed. And sometimes I think they might say that because they've won the race. But is that a fair comment that the races in Brisbane are generally run at a faster rate than, than, than races in Sydney? Yeah, I think so for sure. Um, as I said, especially with her, she sort of just chokes down and when they just sort of travel at that moderate tempo, um, she can get a bit keen and fierce and uh, she just brings herself undone where we're up here, you know, from the, from the moment, moment they um, open the gates, every, everything's just running a nice even tempo and uh, just just gives every horse their chance. So she's up here now, Ben, uh, obviously successful yesterday. You're looking to, to stay up here. Is there a race further on in the carnival that you've selected for her, I, I, I was having an airing, but um, being a uh, uh, not sorry, not being a Magic Millions horse, um, I think we might just sort of pull up stumps and, and give her a little rest now. Um, we, we do have the option of racing in the uh, the three-year-old English Sprint in March at Flemington. Uh, you know, it's a million-dollar restricted race, so we'll just get her home, see how she pulls up, and we'll go from there. But uh, we we can just sort of handpick our races now, and, and, and we know her ability. Um, and just sort of bring her on and try and get some more black type on the page, and um, you know she'll end up being a very, very valuable mare. Good on you, Ben. Thanks for being with us this morning. Uh, pleasure, anytime, guys. Good training job there by Ben Smith with West of Dolby, a twenty-dollar chance, and no fluke about the performance. As, as I said, when they came out of the gate, she was one of the last out, but Ryan rode her patiently, appreciated the speed, and she finished off well. How would she get that name west of Dolby? Well, she's very well named, I'd say, by Santos out of a mare called Chinchilla. So uh, the owners have done their research. I'm not sure if they're Queenslanders, but, uh, yeah, she's well named. You're certainly right about her having a busy schedule. She won a Class 1, uh, what, two weeks ago at Kembla Grange. She then backed up off the week, was well supported, 8.50 to 5 on the feature meeting there, ran second on a heavy track, and she comes up here. She gets a bit of sting out of the ground, and she's able to charge it on the inside. And, and as Ben touched on there... Being a filly, you get the black type on the board. You're certainly starting to see dollar signs. So hopefully there's some more black type success for her in the future. Yeah, she's had five runs in six weeks. See, when I asked you that question, I didn't think you'd know the answer. So you're actually smarter than I thought you were. Well researched, David. You've taught me well. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Bounding, as I said, backed off the map. I thought she had a chance. She just seemed to drift out to the centre of the track. And maybe, and this is something that we, we might discuss further as we look back at Dubin, I think the better going was towards the inside yesterday. I certainly think so. Look, for a horse that was two seventy to a dollar ninety, the first half of the race seemed to work out quite well. As Ben touched on there, the speed was genuine. She got into a, a relatively good spot. I think Martin Harley just sort of got flushed out a little bit earlier than perhaps he, he would have liked. You know, with these horses, you'd love a lovely cart into the race, but he got flushed out early. As you said, I'm not sure if she got on the wrong lead, but she did wobble around the turn, and mm. and you see a horse like West of Dolby able to just save all the ground, charge up the inside side and, and in the end that was the difference West of Dolby she's a promising filly let's go to the ninth race for the stayers this was a very good betting race there were several runners well supported here's the replay Tavis down in front. Quality time. Whips off the rail. The immediate challenger. Put sneak preview. Three wide. Now Red Wave getting right up behind them in fourth of the turn. Knight's Choice starts to travel into the picture. And Savvy Ledger was next with Flying Joy. And Great House right down the outside. Quality time went by Tavis down. Red Wave trying hard. So sneak preview. Knight's Choice is running on fairly well. Quality time. It's the one to catch. 100 to go. Knight's Choice now rallying well. Here comes Knight's Choice. Raced up at the lead. Moved away and won. 
one. Night's Choice Too Good from Quality Time and Red Wave. Fourth photo, Tapple Doodle Doo diving through with sneak preview. Then Flying Joy, Great House, Tavis Town. Tappy's Land, Southern Stock, Savvy Legend set me up. And Head of State dropped out to run last in 2 2 and 53. Yes, he hit gear at the right time, and that was his fifth win from start 12. Night's Choice, of course, the Sunshine, the Winx Guineas winner earlier in the year. John Simons trains in partnership with Sheila Lakeson. And John's with us now. John, good morning. Good morning. I sort of got a feeling yesterday watching you interviewed post-race there on Sky Thoroughbred Central. It was almost a feeling of relief this horse won yesterday. Yeah, well, it, it sort of... We, we, we had no luck when we went to Sydney for one reason or the other, the way the tracks played and, and in run and... He had no luck when he came back for the Mooloola Bar Cup. So, yeah, it was, it was it was nice to get the win back um, because the horse has been going well, but he just he's just had no luck in his races. And I know that's easy to say if you get beat, but um, it's, you know, and you start you start second guessing yourself. Yeah, and that's a comment you you made yesterday. I think you we never know they're going to run the distance until they actually run it. But in that Mooloola Bar Cup up at the Sunny Coast, your home track. His work late was very good. It gave me the impression that 2,000 metres would be right, and he certainly he, he covered off with flying colours. Yeah, that's right. And, and well, look, we've always thought that he, you know, he, he's a 2,000 metre horse or maybe even even further, but we'll worry about that later. Um, and we, we, we were really running him in two shorter races. That was the other problem. The 1,200 and the 1,500 in Sydney were just a little bit short of his best distance, I think, and that'll be borne out as as we race him on. I'm pretty sure that that that's the fact. That was another factor that he just hasn't been able to position up better in those races because he's not geared that way. Congratulations, John. Uh, look, being by extreme choice, he, he certainly doesn't profile as uh, a horse that looks to get out in trip. But you'd think yesterday, as you say, winning at two thousand, the potential to get further, it certainly opens up a whole heap of new options for him going forward, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And on the dam side, you know, it's, it's quite dour on that dam side. And, and we did have a horse a few years ago called Denominator. He'd won quite a few of those Saturday staying races when we first came up here to Queensland. And he's half-sister to the dam. So we, we, we've never really thought that he wouldn't run the ground. I've been a little bit reluctant to get him there just because of his sire, I guess, more than anything else. But, some, you know, he's obviously thrown to the dam side and... And we trained the dam, and you know she went over two thousand metres herself. So we, we we've been pretty confident he'd run the journey. We weren't confident it was the right time to try it. To be honest, he came a long way in a short period of time during the winter, culminating in that wing skinny's win. Of course, then he was the subject of a a big Hong Kong offer. Just take us behind the scenes again with that. Was it was it a was it an easy decision for the owners to say no? We we, we want to keep racing him, or was 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 it fifty-fifty? Can you give us some background there? Um, not really. That they, they never really considered it because mm. Cameron, um, it, it, who who funds the horses for his father, um, that's what he wants. He wants a good horse for his father to appreciate. Um, and you know, he, he thought this horse was going to be the horse to do that for him, and I'm pretty sure that he will be. Um, and it's not, you know, it wasn't about the money. I guess if if the money came into it, well, you take the money. But the money wasn't the issue. That sure. It was the uh, pleasure the horse was going to give his father, and they're certainly enjoying it. And 
even though he didn't um, reach the heights that we might have hoped when we went to Sydney um, for one reason or the other, they got a very big buzz in Sydney of going to the Barrajaw and doing all those wonderful things you do in those big races. So it was a little bit of an insight to all that for them because they've never had a really good horse before. And um, Cameron's dad's had horses with me for about 35 years, but he's never had a really good one. We've had plenty of winners, but not not a better horse. And this horse, I think he's capable of winning a nice uh, group race as, as long as we uh, as long as we place him in the right races. That's in the long term. In the short term, and you mentioned this yesterday post-race, uh, and you've had a bit of time to think about it, will you will you concentrate on the wave now at the Gold Coast? Oh, look, we'll, we'll certainly head in that direction, but if the horse gives me any indication that he's not right, mm. um, and, he, and he has, I, I think the horse has only had four weeks off in the last 12 months, so um, I'm, I'm pretty conscious of that as well, and if we, we, we show any signs of not being right, well, he'll go to the paddock for a little while. Fair enough. Good work yesterday. Congratulations to you and Sheila. Thanks very much. Thanks. There is John Simons, uh, the co-trainer of Knight's Choice. Let's push on. Plenty of feature racing yesterday. We'll go to the Group 3, George Moore. Punters uh, neglected Rothfire here. They came heavily for Natuno, but also Zoo Style. It's a genuine speed and zoo style. Travels up to the home turn, leading Rothfire. About to pop off the fence and try and give chase. Then the big goodbye to Tuno pulled to the outside. He's immediately shaken up and Legal Esprit is hunting the rail. Zoo style hard against the rail. Leads. Rothfire trying hard. About a length away but eating into the margin. Tuno has too much ground to make up. 100 left to run. Still zoo style in front. He's fending off Rothfire who's game if anything. Zoo style still with a lead. The margin narrowing but zoo style held on. Beat Rothfire. Legal Esprit. Baller. Natuno didn't come on. They're followed then by Deep Poor Snow Zone Alpine Edge. The big goodbye in Vinco last home in 19.16. Look, it have been two years between wins for uh, um, Zoo Style, so a long time, um, uh, a long gap there. But we know at Doomba 1200. He's got a great affinity, and the record shows that. It certainly does, and just that getting that little bit older too, I think, um, sort of going into that race yesterday, he looked, obviously, the speed influence, but able to get there fairly comfortably, conserve his energy in the middle part. Uh, he fought on doggedly towards the line. As you touched on, he hasn't won since that uh, that George Moore win a couple of years ago, so I'm sure for the, the Golan team and connections, it's great to get another win on the board with him. He's been such a good horse for the stable uh, for a long time. Obviously, had not well, very little luck in the Swiss ace play, Mm. up at the uh, the Sunshine Coast. And again, Frank's that form through Imperatries, uh, obviously raced down there during the uh, the spring carnival. Rothfire, very good with the 61. Look, he looks right on track for that uh, King of the Mountain race in about a month's time. And and the class really got away late and further well, three lengths back to Legal Esprit. You did a good job to run third at Big Odds. He's eight years of age, uh, Zoo Style. Just backing up the comment about the affinity with Doombin. Eight goes at the track, seven wins. Six goes at the track and distance for five wins. It doesn't come much better than that. And I'll tell you what doesn't come much better than that either is Maloney's ride. There wasn't uh, panic or hitting go buttons early. He just allowed him to glide across under his own steam and then dictated perfectly. It was, it was a 12 out of 10 ride. And Rothfire carrying five kilos more 
very brave brave in defeat and they beat the others pretty easily too didn't they yeah they certainly did and and as i sort of touched on before they they were the class in the race uh zoo style able to get out in front as you you said there a great ride by ryan and and roth fired just that gap between one uh, runs with the 61 uh that probably just found him out a little bit late but but he's run enormously and and he looks right on track for a big summer carnival the listed tail stakes was midway through the day and punters got it right here. $2.70 acquitted off the map. Here's the replay. They come on the home turn. Mississippi Prince and Jenny from without revenge to Jackie. Here's acquitted. Hooking four and five wide to run on. Then Love Tap and at the head of the others was June 45. Acquitted now given the go by Orman on the outside. Responded generously. Went to without revenge who battles on well. Then came Jenny. 100 left to run. Acquitted takes a clear lead. They'll collect. Big money collected here. Acquitted too good for them. Beat without revenge. Love Tap third. Jenny fourth. Then to Jackie. A bridge too far today. Followed by June 45. 45, then Whiskey Wisdom, followed by Couldn't Refuse. Ocean Treaty never fired a shot. Mississippi Prince knocked up and Military Gambler. Last home in 135 and 31. Acquitted's only been to Brisbane twice. He's won on both occasions. Heavily back yesterday. 10 out of 10 ride by Ormond. Trained by Chris Lees and coming off that good second to Kabling at Newcastle in their big hunter day. Last replay. We'll go to the Pirata Plate the fourth. Down the side, 700 left to run. Botones by one. Racing second, Town Cry, Defiant Spirit, given every opportunity. Third, the box in on the rail. Inside of Spirit of Back in the first 600 in 35.8. Deep Respect parks outside of Risky Investment as Andriel comes up three wide. So Ormond gets going on Deep Respect at the same time. Maloney navigating a path away from the inside on Defiant Spirit. But Botones still a leader by the 300 metres. Town Cry trying to get on terms. Joining in Defiant Spirit, then Spirit of Back and Deep Respect's got work to do. Botone's giving a side at odds with 100 metres left to go. Defiant Spirit trying hard. Then Spirit of Back still Botone's in front. He hasn't given up as yet. Spirit of Back coming late but Botone's beat home Spirit of Back. Defiant Spirit had his chance in third. Fourth either Town Cry or Deep Respect who ran it only fairly. Then Bashani Renegade the player acres away Adriel and Risky Investment last home in 110.31. Michael Rod is making his name as he makes a return to race riding. And a clever ride on Botones, using Barrier 1 to full advantage, getting in front of his rivals by leading. They couldn't run him down. He uh, went off at big odds, uh, beating Spirit of Mac and Defiant Spirit. I've got an Archer Park Racing rep in the studio this morning. Defiant Spirit, uh, did he have his chance? Oh, certainly so. Look, on face value, you'd say a little bit uh, flat for him. He looked to just bottom out late that last 50 to 75 metres. So, look, he hasn't been beaten all that far compatibly. We stacked times up one ten twenty versus uh, the Phillies later on, only just breaking one uh, one ten, and, and later on the uh, the older horses in the George Moore one nine five. So look, the time was good, still backed up okay. So I think they'll there might be a little bit of form out of that race yet. That was Dubin yesterday, third day of the summer carnival. We go to Eagle Farm next Saturday for the Star Gateway. We've got the Callaway Gale, the Field and Ready, a host of other feature races as the carnival rolls on. We're rolling onto a break and then back to have a chat about Rose Hill yesterday. Looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Past the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing, taking racing ownership to the next level. Ten of her at Rose Hill Gardens yesterday. We kicked off with a two-year-old and Storm Boy was the $1.85 favourite off the back of two good trials trained by Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. Here's the replay. 
So it's Storm Boy setting his own tempo on the lead by a half length on War Counselor. Then Venero and in the inside of Canara one out one back and two lengths to the debutant Traffic Warden. Inside the 600 metres and Storm Boy is coasting along in the lead, probably extending it now to two lengths on Venero. On the outside, War Council under plenty of pressure. Canara gets to the outside. Traffic Warden's got chasing to do, but doing a good job of that going up the inside. 300 to go and Storm Boy two lengths clear. In a bound, Traffic Warden got the second and put a gap on the rest of the field but Storm Boy is well clear from Traffic Warden and the first favourite Storm Boy gliding down the straight like a pelican and what a great prep run for the Magic Million. Storm Boy won it in a cakewalk from Traffic Warden. Our third position Canara, then came War Council and Venero was last in. Yes, uh, an excellent debut by Storm Boy. He's a Magic Millions graduate, as Darren alluded to in the broadcast. Adrian Bott joins us now. Adrian, good morning. Yeah, good morning. How are you, David? I'm well, thanks. And uh, $1.85 favourite, no dramas there. And coming off the back of those two trials, he did everything you expected yesterday? Yeah, he did. Um, look, obviously, you, you, you like to see him under that race day pressure first um, before you sort of get to... Um, sort of too carried away with what they've been showing at home, but um, you know he was able to bring, um, you know, bring that nice those nice performances um, from from the trials, um, and, and sort of take that under that little bit more race day pressure and perform well. So I imagine yesterday's win gives him a, a green light for the Magic Millions. Uh, where would you go to next, or would you go anywhere next before the big race in January? Yeah, certainly think he does need to go. Um, somewhere um, he'll, he'll need another run and, and most likely just the one run um, prior to going to the Magic Millions. That's certainly the that's certainly the aim and and, and, and the sort of short term target there for him. Um, most likely going to be a run here in Sydney at the end of the month. Uh, we may we may look at a race um, up in Queensland, um, you know, prior to him uh, running in the Magic Millions. So we'll just see. But at this stage, most most likely to remain here in Sydney than than travel up just before the race. Yeah. I see there is a, a there is a nice uh, alternative up here. Twenty third of December, the the McLaughlin three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, that's that would be the obvious target for him in, in Queensland if we did go. Um, won it last year with a nice horse called the, the Novelist. Um, mm. you know, I certainly think Storm Boy would be very well placed up there. And you know, obviously, being a being a, a colt and a, you know stallion prospect, those sort of types of races sort of really uh, need to be looked at. Um, you know, strongly it would certainly help build him a, a nice profile in the early part of his career. Am I right in saying Shangri-La Express, who created a really good impression, you know, winning the Golden Gift and the Kirkham Plate, has it gone for a spell? Yeah, he has. So, so we won't see him at the Magic Millions. Mm. Um, he's just going to focus on, on the autumn. Um, yeah, I felt we'd done enough with him just in the early part, getting him to, to those two races. And, uh, you know, the Golden Gift are very you know, strong performance from him, but just felt it was probably a bit too much sort of trying to get him up to Queensland as well. And just before we get we go off that topic, can you draw a comparison between Storm Boy and Shangri-La Express? Um, look, hard to probably hard to probably separate them at the moment. Um, you know, certainly um, been very impressed with what they've done. I, I think we've got haven't haven't certainly haven't got to the bottom of Storm Boy. Um, I think he'll improve sharply off what we saw yesterday and. Yeah, I think he's got the potential and sort of scope to get over a bit further as well. Um, so I guess that's the sort of exciting part with him. Um, yeah, a couple of other nice prospects that we'll look to try and get up to, to Magic Millions as well that I think um, you know can, can be equally as impressive when they step out. We look forward to that. It was a good day at the office yesterday for you and Gay Military Mission won the, the Group 2 Zipping Classic. He's had a great campaign, hasn't he? 
Yeah, been incredible. Um, been been very, you know, been very tough all the way through, and um, you know, been very consistent. Um, yeah, he just didn't quite, wasn't quite seasoned enough for 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 the Melbourne Cup trip at the first sort of time of asking there. Um, yeah, we may look to give him a, another chance of that next year, and no doubt, you know, I think he'll be better forward, pretty strongly run race this time round. But um, yeah, he, he bounced out of that in great shape there, obviously yesterday, and and, and recorded a strong victory. But I think he's. I think he's done enough this preparation now. He's been up a long time and been, been as I said, solid all the way through. Yeah, he, he's been he's been a ripper. Will we see Alligator Blood of the Autumn? Uh, we will. Um, <clears throat> most likely similar campaign to what we did last time. Um, you know, uh, relatively light autumn. Um, yeah, he had a pretty busy time of it there in the in, in, in the spring. Uh, but probably trying to target a race like the All Star Mile. Um, yeah, I think that'd be a, a, a nice race. Well, I think it's. A, I think it's a core field this year. If that's the case, it's certainly the um, yeah, it's a track he loves. Fair enough. Thanks for your time this morning. No, really appreciate it. Adrian Bott joining us, and uh, he and Gay have uh, had a very good spring carnival. Storm Boy did everything everything right. Uh, time one four sixty one stands out pretty well uh, comparatively to a couple of races later on. So look, as you say, did what was probably expected off gate one. Good day at the office you know, for Joe Pride yesterday. He claimed mm. a feature double with Dragon Stone breaking a run of outs and Stockman narrowly winning uh, the Christmas Cup as well. So uh, congratulations to the Pride team. They've had a terrific spring. And thank you for coming off the bench very late in the piece. Very happy to, David. Uh, thanks for having me along. That's the end of the day. Oh, you've got 12 races to call tonight. 12 <laughs> races to call tonight, so oh. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll butter up and go again. It never ends. Jared Russell with us. Let's say good morning to you, folks. Thanks for your company. Of course, uh, join me on Press Room tomorrow as we go out on Past the Post for December the 3rd. Let's have a listen to the feature at Caulfield yesterday, the Group 2 Zipping Classic and one by Military Mission. Thanks for your time. Bye-bye. So we've got about four or five with chances here. Then Military Mission under the weapon. Banker's Choice is trying to cut the corner. So they've got past to deny knowledge as Duke de Sess has gone for home early in the straight. At the 300 metres, kicked about a length and a half in front of Banker's Choice. Military Mission from a long way back at the 200. Duke de Sessa a length, Banker's Choice. Military Mission's mowing them down though. Coming with a withering run, the grey. Military Mission over the top is going to race away. And Military Mission has won the Zipping Classic by two and a half. Banker's Choice, Duke de Sessa. A gap of made bow and declare Muramasa. Port Phillip and Deny Knowledge couldn't stay the trip and finish last.